the worst thing you could say about a person is, I know him. I know that person. And we're all guilty of this, right? We get a certain amount of interaction with a person and we decide pretty quickly what kind of person that is. Do their values confirm my values? Do their values challenge my values? Which leads into, do I like them or not like them? Our brains are designed to automate what we've experienced already. Automating our partner is one of the horrifying side effects of brains that are designed to go seek novelty. Welcome to The Art of We, the podcast where we explore how committed partnerships can be potent vehicles for fully delivering our gifts to the world. Hi, I'm Krista Vanderveer, a seasoned consultant and executive coach. And I'm Dr. Will Vanderveer, a leader and educator in integrative mental health and wellness. As husband and wife and business partners, we keep learning that the key to maximizing our authenticity and impact in the world lies inside the health, security, and depth of our relationship. On this show, we'll pull back the curtains to share lessons, insights, and practices from our own marriage and professional careers that help us thrive. If you're a leader, founder, or overachiever, and you want to leverage your relationships for personal and collective growth, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Art of We podcast. This is episode number 65. This is a fun one because we had a listener reach out with a request that we talk about how we would advise somebody to go about creating their own relationship agreements. And specifically for this one, we're going to be talking about intimate partnership, not work or business partnerships. So Will and I put our heads together and really came up with this fun outline about what we're going to suggest or how we suggest you go about creating your own relationship agreements because we think they're so important, as you know. So I'll just jump in and begin. How's that sound, Will? Sounds great. I'm grateful for the question from our listener. Yes, we are so grateful. Thank you for sending it in. And we welcome many, many more questions from those of you who would like us to talk about other things as well. So the first step is to really get clear with your partner about why you want to have agreements, like mutually decide why it's important to have agreements so that you're both invested in keeping them and you're fully on board. Because as we all know, when things get hard, if we're not actually on board with things, then other parts of us come forward and do other things and then keep our agreements. So, so really have a conversation. Why is it important for you guys to have agreements? Why is it beneficial? What are the drawbacks to it? What are the reasons? Yeah. And I'm just going to underline one piece of what you said is so important is having that mutual buy-in to the agreements. We're talking about intimate partnerships today and that for almost all people, that would mean two individual humans, 50-50. We do have a friend who's in a different arrangement, but for the most part, we're talking about 50-50 between two people. Yep. And one conversation that's come up about agreements with people before is a lot of people will say, well, we, we do these things anyway. We're already doing these things. But the thing is that doing these things anyway and having the assumption that we're always going to do that is a big blind spot. Because when it hits the fan, it's like, sure, we have done that before when we're more regulated or sometimes when we're not as regulated, but there's not the actual agreement between us that we're going to do this thing when shit hits the fan. And so it's a lot harder to get through those hard moments together when it's not an actual agreement. Yeah. I like to think about agreements like a seatbelt in a car. 
it's not going to be helpful to try to put your seatbelt on after the accident is underway. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> Too late. And the other thing is that really helps us is that when I'm acting out or something or I'm not keeping an agreement, Will, and you say to me, hey, remember our agreement to always see possibility? I'm like, oh, right. It's not like you're telling me how I should be in that moment. It's you're reminding me what I've already committed to with you. And so it's a lot easier for me to jump back into behaving more like an adult or keeping that agreement, so to speak. Yeah, and vice versa. It holds both parties. Accountable, yeah. Yep. So the second one, Will, why don't you talk about like after people decide, okay, we really want agreements, we see why they're important for, for us, what would be the next step there? The place where we like to start when we're coaching a couple is, and this is just because it seems like it has worked well for us, is to begin with clarifying what a couple is up to together. And this is sort of the unique fingerprint of that particular constellation, that particular couple. And it is an ongoing conversation over time. There has been for us, but there are things that can be clarified early in a relationship. For example, you know, for us, one question when we considered, you know, what are we up to as a couple when we were dating was we really wanted our partnership to be of service in the world and not just be a private pleasure oasis for us. Mm-hmm. We have people we've worked with where parenting is the primary up to for them. Mm-hmm. Raising children. Powerful. So it's really, I think, up to the inspiration of the couple to really dig deep and look into what makes you tick as a couple. What is the the juice that makes life meaningful together? Yeah. And part of the reason why we feel like it's such an important step is because it's like a business too. Like there's not a clear, where are we trying to go? Then there's less at stake in, to keep the agreements together. And the important part here is that it's a really truly mutually aligned and it will, these things will change over time. So we need to keep revisiting and reattuning to what's true now. But without that up to conversation or why are we together, then it's kind of like, well, why keep the agreements if there's nothing that we're actually shooting for together? Right. It's remarkable how, how few couples ever ask this question. Yeah. So once that is in place, then it's really about, okay, let's create our agreements to help support our relationship and the purpose of our relationship. And when Will and I sat down and we were looking at the different components to agreements, we found that there was basically three themes of agreements. So the first theme is about how we're being together and how we're communicating. And all of these three themes really interplay together and support each other. So one is about being together and communicating together. One is about agreements that help bring more secure functioning to our relationship. And the third one are agreements specifically related to how to move forward the purpose of our relationship or what we're up to together. So we'll go through examples of all of these. Would you like to kick us off? Sure. So, and as a, just as a reminder, you can go to our website and download our top 10 relationship agreements to support your own process. We totally invite you to take the agreements, copy the agreements, make them your own, find inspiration, whatever you need to do. They're free on our website at kristavanderveer.com. And I also just want to call out the influences that have really influenced how we came about our agreements. 
One is, and we talk about him a lot, Stan Tatkin. We'll put all these links in the show notes. Another one is The Collaborative Way by Lloyd Fickett. I would say that another big influence was authentic relating, that kind of movement that came through Boulder about 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago. And then your background, Will, is really around healing and working with trauma and a lot of psychology and things that make us well mentally. So anything else you want to add to that list? I think that's pretty complete as far as the different major influencers on our thinking about these topics. Okay, so let's jump into the agreements that are around how we are together and how we communicate together. And these are really important because they really help us be able to stay in integrity with our other agreements. Because if we're not communicating and being well together, then it's kind of hard to do the rest of it. So one of our vows is to listen generously to one another and to assume positive intent. This is actually two things in that agreement. But we really can understand how easily it is for us to go off the rails if we're not practicing listening generously to each other, which is this whole teaching in itself. Like, what does that actually mean? Which, by the way, is something that you and your partner really need to clarify with each other as you're making these agreements. Like, what do you actually mean by listening generously? What does that mean to you? And how do you, how do you practice that? Because if there's just an assumption about how we do that, then we're going to find out later that we're not actually on the same page about what that means. So listening generously and assuming positive intent, especially when we're negatively impacted. So having this as an agreement really helps us to bring forward our advanced communication skills to each other. Yeah. And just to bring it home a little bit into a real life example, going back to the seatbelt analogy with the car, like you, you don't really notice the seatbelt until you really need it. So with listening generously, it seems kind of obvious that you would want to provide your partner a, a kind of listening that is free of specific filters that you might have about the topic or your partner, for example. You know, Will's talking again about wanting to get involved with dealing with trauma in the Middle East, and I'm really tired of hearing about that because blah, blah, blah. Right. I'm, I would be like, oh, here we go again. Here we and go then I'm again. not actually listening to you with generosity and curiosity, but I'm listening to you through my own reactivity. Exactly. So we've already said this, but when these agreements really come into play is when you are triggered, you're stressed, you're, you have too much on your plate, you are impatient, you're not feeling generous with your partner. And so having an agreement in place to listen generously is a way of remembering in the heat of that moment. And this is where it's such a practice, right? To acknowledge, oh boy, I'm not being generous here. Or more likely, receive the feedback from your partner that you're not listening generously. Right. right? And so with this download that we have for you all, if you're interested in that agreement, you can go in and find out some of the nuances. I mean, like I think that this is actually a agreement that comes right out of the books of the collaborative way. And we, when we would teach this to people, it would be a two-day training, like full-day training. So there's a lot inside of the nuance of what it means. But we feel like there are some that we would highly recommend for couples to use because they have been so supportive inside of our relationship. And I would say that listening generously and assuming positive intent when there's negative impact is a really big one, those two. Right. I think 
I'll just put a plug in for practicing generous listening when you're not triggered. So working that muscle out and discovering from your own experience with your partner, what does it feel like in your body when your partner gives you the kind of listening where they really get your world? They mm-hmm. set aside whatever automatic reactions or interpretations that they're making about what you're saying. And they really just listen for the value that you're bringing. Before we go to the second category, why don't we elaborate one more point under how to communicate effectively with each other. And this comes into another vow we made, which is gambling everything for love, which includes speaking straight, you know, being willing to give feedback that might be scary to give to your partner, not withholding things that are important to us or not withholding impact that our partner's having on us that they probably don't know they're having. And we call it gambling everything for love because it does involve the courage to speak up at the risk of creating a rupture with our partner. It's another way of being with each other and also standing for something that we both deeply want together. And you can hear more about that topic in episode number 59 if you want to get into the deep nuances of that. But that's a great example of one that would go under this first category. Yeah, it's a good one. Okay, before we go into the second category, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we will talk about these last two categories and a couple other tips on our suggestions when you're making your own relationship agreements for intimate partnership. We will be right back. We hope you're enjoying this episode. I want to take a quick break to let you know about a gift we created for you and your partner. We compiled our top 10 relationship agreements, agreements that have been so powerful in supporting the success of our partnership that we even turned them into our wedding vows. These agreements help us stay connected, growing, and thriving as a couple, and they've been critical to help us create a kind of we that's way beyond what we've ever experienced before. You can download this free gift at kristavanderveer.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-A-V-A-N-D-E-R-V-E-E-R.com. Also, if you enjoy our podcast, it would be so meaningful to us if you left us a rating and review. Not only does it help others find us, but it gives us critical feedback on how we're doing. Thanks in advance. And now back to the episode. Welcome back. So now we're going to talk about the second category of relationship agreements that we find really valuable. And if you have tuned into our podcast before, you've, I'm almost certain that you've heard the name Stan Tacken before, but we will say his name again because we love Stan and Tracy, his wife, and the ways that they explain the relevance of attachment theory, which comes out of infant research of caregivers and infants applied to adult partnerships. So highly recommend checking out Stan's books. And what we'd like to say about it is that we really value the investment that we make in downregulating the animal bodies that we live inside of to achieve optimal relationship regulation and functioning together. And we have a number of practices specifically to do that. Do you want to kick us off on our practices? Sure. Well, I'll share some examples that we use that would be an example of an agreement about how to create more secure functioning inside of our we. So 
one for us is being physical together, having our bodies touch each other's bodies <laughs> feels very regulating for us. There's actually something that's called a co-regulation practice where you're like breathing together and you have your bodies on each other. And so because it's so important to us and it's important to our regulation, one of our agreements is around having skin time with each other. Now, this is a really good example of us needing to be really clear about what skin time means to us because from the outside, it could be like, oh, that's like sexy time or that's like whatever. <laughs> that's like intimate, deep, intimate bedroom time. And it is deep, intimate bedroom time. But honestly, this came out of putting our bodies without clothes on each other and just being with each other. And that's why it's really important to define what it is, but it really helps us get regulated. So that became an agreement to us that we prioritize each other's needs for skin time. That's one of our vows. Another example of something that helps us stay secure is a vow or an agreement, I should say, that is to say hellos and goodbyes with love and care. And I think that this one comes directly out of Stan's book. But the reason why this felt very important to us, one reason is because I have a history of having lost a partner. And so I just have it in my bones that I never know when I might lose you or you might lose me or something might happen. And so it's very important for me to feel secure and connected to you if we're actually intentionally looking each other in the eyes and saying our goodbyes. And when we say our hellos and come back together, it really sets the tone for how we are with each other in some ways. So that's another example of an agreement that we've made to help create more secure functioning. And for my part, the comings and goings are, are really important because I grew up in an environment in my childhood where I didn't know what I was going to be facing when I walked in the door after school. And sometimes it was warmth and connection and laughter and fun. And sometimes it was people who were deeply disturbed emotionally. So to have that consistency of the commitment to greet each other with warmth and kindness and a hug and really caring for each other that way helps my nervous system transition from being outside home and being at home. It's really helpful. Right. And that's a great example of why it's really important for you, our listener, to look to see what your relationship, what your we personally needs, you and your partner, to feel more secure and connected because we all have these unique backgrounds and histories that can rattle us. Exactly. I would say one of the hardest vows to practice that I, I think that we have is to see each other with fresh eyes every day. It's so easy to to see our partner as a static, same human being day after day, when in reality, every single one of us is different from the day before. And if we're not actively practicing to see our partner with fresh eyes every day, then we can become very challenged in growing together and really supporting each other. And I guess becoming securely functioning somehow. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I remember finding a quote from a rabbi who was famous for having said, the worst thing you could say about a person is, I know him. I know that person. And we're all guilty of this, right? We get a certain amount of interaction with a person and we decide 
pretty quickly what kind of person that is. Do their values confirm my values? Do their values challenge my values? Which leads into, do I like them or not like them? And so on and so on. So the frame that Stan Packen brings to this, which I love, is a frame from neuroscience that our brains are designed to automate what we've experienced already so that we can pay attention to new cues in our environment. Mm -hmm. It's just straight up neuroscience. And so automating our partner is one of the horrifying side effects of brains that are designed to go seek novelty. And it can be a tragedy on some level if we're not paying attention to that tendency and choosing to see something different right. than the automation. So thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, it, it requires effort and energy to yeah. swim upstream against that energetic current. Okay, ready for category number three? Yes. So this category are agreements specific to what you're up to as a couple or what your purpose is so that they can help move that forward. So if you've done your homework already and you know what you and your partner are up to, what your purpose is, by the way, we do have a free resource for that also. If you go to kristavanderveer.com, it's like the three most critical conversations every couple should have. If you want support in getting clear in what you're up to, that can support you. But if you look at the elements of what you're up to, then it can become pretty clear about what the agreements should be. For example, to breathe ours out a little bit more, it's to support each other's greatest expression so that as a we, our relationship can be of greatest service as possible to the world. So it's like two steps. We want to support each other's greatest expression so we can come together and be of service at our greatest capacity. So one of our agreements is to support each other's greatest success. And we get into the nitty gritty of what that looks like for us, what that means to us, and why. And then the second part of it is to be of service. So we came up with that agreement as well. We agree for our union to be of service to our families, to our community, and to our world. And again, we got super clear about what that means to us and why. You know, it's interesting to think about this agreement of supporting one another's greatest expression because it takes a number of qualities in an individual to be able to do that. For example, for me to support your greatest expression, I have to be capable of supporting you very specific ways and also challenging you in very specific ways, mm -hmm. which those specific ways are defined by really knowing you deeply and, and knowing where your strengths and weaknesses are, knowing where your aspirations are leading you. Mm -hmm. And it also requires a kind of generosity that might on a kind of more primitive emotional or younger emotional level could feel threatening to the person who's supporting the greatest expression of the other person. So when our partner is growing and thriving and beginning to fulfill their, let's say destiny or their, you know, their, their, their capacity to give their gifts and talents in the world, it can feel scary that, you know, oh, well, maybe that means my partner's not going to need me anymore, or right. they're going to be more interested in their own personal success than investing in the, the quality of the connection and the relationship. 
And as people are creating their agreements, as the listeners are creating their agreements, it's like looking at the landscape to see where there might be some areas that you don't have a lot of strength in with each other yet. And that could be a place for agreements. Like for you're just reminding me that we did create agreement about the perspective, holding the perspective that your success is our success and my success is our success to help with what you were just staying there. There's a frame that we really wanted to hold when one of us does achieve things that we maybe get into fear about, like, oh no, they're going to go away, is that we can go lean back in on that agreement with each other. And so looking at these places where your dear listener relationship could use the extra support given what you all are up to. And then I'd also say, look at the places where you're really already good at stuff and turn those in from assumptions to agreements. So thanks for bringing that up because that helps clarify some of those. Yeah, to me, that's just one example of how these agreements can pull us forward into who we're capable of being, our human potential, and help pull us out of the swamp of what's a part of all of us is our animal nature, right? Our black and white thinking, our us and them thinking, our, you know, um, victory and defeat thinking, our, our ways of framing life that don't account for human potential or the possibility of transcendence or embracing the possibilities of being human. Well, and that's another agreement that we have that has really been supportive of really all of the categories, but that is to always find or see possibility. And that's been one that we've really leaned on, especially, I don't know, on my side, I think, but probably on both sides. But I, I just feel like more recently I've been you've reminded me of, well, no, we're going to see possibility here and our commitment to that. And that's been really supportive in us staying on track and staying connected and staying on mission, so to speak. Okay. Anything else for you about that last category? Otherwise we can just give a couple of little tips about how else agreements can be created. Well, I want to say one more time that agreements are a living thing. And sometimes people make vows for their relationship, their marriage or wedding vows, and maybe they don't go back and revisit them or they don't reconsider like what's, what's true for us now. So mm -hmm. I think you were going to speak to that and kind of what our practices are, the way that we relate to that. Well, I love that you're bringing up a living document, basically. It's living between us and it needs to change at some times and we need to review it at times. And I think that we'll do a second episode that's about how and when we do that and why we would do that and also what happens when agreements aren't kept. So how about we do a part two about those because we could go into deep nuance about that. It sounds great. I think the only really thing that I want to reiterate is around the mutual understanding part of it. And just as a teaser for what we'll be talking about next time is that often, not that often actually, but sometimes you and I will wake up to realizing we have a different view about something that we thought we were on the same page about. And it's really about putting these agreements and practices into place and then getting out and living it so that we can continue to gain more clarity and refine and true it up when we realize, oh, that's not quite it. It's, it's actually more like this. And so it's not about beating each other up. It's really about this living agreement between us, which I love. I love the way that you brought that forward. 
Yeah, it's an agreement of how we're going to hold the agreements, I guess. Yeah, and I and I would just double click on when you're making the agreements and you have a list of them, go through and have a real conversation about each one and be like, okay, so curiosity is an important aspect to you. Okay, let's let me hear from you what you mean by curiosity because it means something to me, but let's both get on the same page about what that is. Way too often I see people creating agreements that they're making assumptions about what the words mean when they make the agreements yeah. and so they're not fleshing it out. And then it's not a big deal to true it up, but it's just a little bit more struggling that probably doesn't need to happen if you just take some extra time with each one. I agree. That's that's really important to minimize conflicts about agreements is to make sure that you really dial in what the language means and get on the same page. Which brings up for me just another quick point around the nervous system in the cup in the mm-hmm. couple. And mm-hmm. what I found, you know, over many years of of working with individuals and couples in our work with couples together, you and me, is that when there is something in this field that threatens the stand attack and calls it the couple bubble, right? The the entity, the 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 boundary, the integrity of the container that the two individuals are sharing inside, then there isn't much else that can happen. So it's, in other words, creative expression, becoming all that you can be, all of these aspirational intentions can only happen in a foundation of security. So if mm-hmm. if it's important to you and your partner to practice, let's say monogamy, for example, or if it's important that you are not the second or the third or the last one to know about something important that your partner experienced. You want to be the first to know. All of these security level agreements are really important because you can't really shoot for the stars when you have a shaky foundation, basically. So well said. I love you saying the the nervous system of the we, basically. It's like if either person has a shaky system inside of the we, then the we has a shaky nervous system. And then what you're saying is very true. It's hard to go anywhere from there. Yeah, we have a whole episode on what Stan also calls the third, mm. which is basically the the thing that's threatening the couple bubble. Right. And that could be a another human being or it could be anything, work, you know, any like a substance that's getting used uh, in a maladaptive way or addictive scrolling or compulsive exercise. I mean, there's so many different things that can get in the way of the depth of the possibilities a couple experiences together. Absolutely. I'm so glad that you brought that forward. So I think we covered the main basic areas that we would suggest. Of course, we could probably talk about this for a few hours, but I'm so glad again. Thank you, listener who reached out to us with this idea. And if you have any questions, reach out to us. And also we would really love to hear If you do any of this and you come up with agreements, we would so love for you to share them with us. Truly would be an honor to hear what you guys come up with. Can I say one more thing? I forgot something. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. I just want to make sure that this conversation about agreements and this foundation of security that we were just touching on isn't misunderstood as a way to avoid being uncomfortable in a partnership. There's a kind of essential assumption that we haven't named today that I just want to name, which is that being in a committed partnership is a growth path. 
And if you think that it's not that, you're just going to have a really different experience from what I think we're being called into a bigger possibility of personal growth and healing and a whole journey of discovery and finding out who our partner really is and all the things. So these agreements are meant to put safety rails around the journey, but they're not meant to erase the challenges that are inevitable when we take on a deep path of personal growth. Right. Or to stay comfortable. Right. Yes. In some ways, they're they're there to help us be uncomfortable for the purposes of what we really care about. Right. Long-term and short-term. Okay. Well, thank you for bringing that. Do you have anything else before we end? No. Thank you. Okay. Thank you all so much for listening. Reach out with any other questions. We'd love to hear from you. And you can reach us at kristavanderveer.com. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for joining us. If you found this content valuable, please follow this show and share it with your partner or other key collaborators. If this show has sparked an interesting conversation based on these topics, we'd love to hear from you. Find us on Instagram at Art of We Podcast. And we'll see you next time when we explore what it means to be better together like butter and toast on the art of we.